0: Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by the farm chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two, whilst occasionally sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing with this week's market report.
1: Market report for week commencing 10th of July 2023. Harvest has started. We have seen a sample. It was low nitrogen, reasonable retention, and we've got some other people just nibbling at it today. I think it's a bit wet. But if you are sold on an MAGB scale, then go for it because it's incredibly unbelievably cheap at that level. We aren't in that luxurious place, so it's a very valuable contract if you have backing of MAGB. Yeah, so the market is kind of itchy, waiting for it to happen. We've still got stock to move. It's very annoying as a storekeeper. We've got space to cope with whatever comes on the winter barley, but some fingers need to be pulled out. We are getting a bit concerned, especially on the wheats, especially on the malting barley. So let's get straight in, because the market chat this week is Webby, Ben and myself, with a fairly intense conversation about potential of what happens next in the market. So I'm not going to run on too much about that. Interestingly, this week or last night, it was announced that a big Norfolk based firm has changed hands to be owned by a Canadian firm which is the Anglia Maltings Group which has direct impact on, obviously, malting barley in our area. By all accounts, they're a food business from Canada that are probably intent on investing and should seamlessly see nothing change this harvest. We'll watch with interest. It's always sad when a British firm gets sold abroad, but bluntly, if you've got someone coming in and backing that industry in our county, you've got to say that's a good thing for farmers. And certainly, if they invest, it'll be a very good thing. So good luck with that to you guys who are in that group. Right, old crop wheat is worth £165 a ton for July, that's it, it ain't going up if you can find a buyer. New crop, feed barley is in trouble in terms of price, there's no real buyers at the moment, so value X farm is about £142 and I've got no great inclination to go crazy for it either. If I bring it into store, it's going to cost a lot of haulage, it's going to cost a lot of storage, Cost a lot of haulage again, you got rid of about 40 quid in that process. So there isn't any money in it if I take in-store, if I buy X Farm at that level. So just be aware of that. And consumers, yes, there's some to be traded, but they're really not chasing it at the moment. I think there will be some pressure coming to play on that. Malting barley values, as I say, we discuss in depth the market and the various influences after, you know, in the market chat in a little while. So I'm not going to run on about anything other than prices. So I would put winter malting barley craft at 210 X Farm for harvest. I think that the craft is easy to move. A firm has taught people to go into Electrum and now they don't want it or don't want as much of it. So one or two people might be stuck with Electrum. And Flagon, yes, there are buyers of it, but it isn't at that buoyant if you're not on a contract. So those are slightly harder to move. Craft is easy to move. We've got places for it to go and that's the benchmark winter variety. Spring barley, rough value, 220. This is harvest value, 165 nitrogen. Yep, I'm hopeful that the crop's going to be okay, but I have concerns which I talk about. And value for spring barley for November on a 185 nitrogen basis is around 230x which is quite reasonable for high nitrogen so there is a good well above 200 pounds a ton for that product and fingers crossed that the crop is going to be good. It's, the sun is shining today but we discussed the jet stream in a little while and my fears. Uh, so sort of to put in context the feed barley price is trading somewhere between 65 and 70 pounds lower than the malting barley price so feed barley malting barley 70 pound difference in round figures it will be interesting when it gets to the crunch of movement just some high price contracts around and opportunity always makes the thief so let's see whether some of the intake points are as ruthless as they can be when there's money at stake feed wheat Harvest movement into store, £170 a tonne. Futures are under pressure this morning, but every single evening, just before close, somebody high ticks the market for whatever reason uh, on a few lots. So it might close higher than that. It certainly starts the day very weak and then gets ticked up at the end by someone who wants to support values or screw the people they're selling to by pretending the futures price closed higher. Who knows? Uh, So that makes it worth X farm between £160 and £163, depending on how far you are away from one of our stores. If you're selling stuff X Farm, November X Farm 175, uh, May 187. So there's a £12 carry between Nov and May, and there's a £15 carry between Harvest and November. So there's a good value for owning a store. Oilseed rape harvest price 340. That is kind of vacantly sitting there. Doesn't seem to. It's had the benefit of a rise in the soya price following the planting figures from the stakes last week. Just as the feed grains market has suffered from an increase in stock and an increase in area. So, it is weather market in the States has died, and largely we're in that bit just before harvest where, yeah, everyone gets itchy and nervous. Uh, I come back to that point. Anyway, so finally, we will be doing a July doing grain walk, despite it being harvest time. As I said last time, it will be local. So, I've just randomly picked somewhere now, and it's going to be meeting in the village of Swanton Abbott, which is not very far from here, not very far from where I live, in fact. And we're going to be meeting at the what three words. There's a number of little, you know, you can pick any one of a number of metre squared places. And I just picked this one. It'll be very obvious where the car park is. It's a school car park next to Swanton Abbot Church. But the what three words to find it is Darling Limits Vows. Darling Limits Vows. So that's it. 2 p.m. on Thursday the 27th of July. There you go. So 2 p.m. That's where I'm going to be. And if anybody turns up, great. If you don't, great. I'll go for a walk anyway. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours.
0: The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich. We are a creative agency specializing in graphic design, websites, digital marketing and SEO services tailored towards local and small businesses, a design agency you can trust. Get in touch to inquire with our friendly team today on 01603 728978, or head over to our socials at East Coast Design Studio on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn.
1: Right, this week I have got everybody's favorites, Ben and Webby. Hello, gents. Hello. Hello. Right, first subject up today is cricket, Australia and the stumping. What's your thoughts, Ian? Controversial. To the letter
2: of the law, it was out, Mm -hmm. but it's not, in my eyes, how you play the game, is it? Would you have
1: done that? It's a bit cheap.
2: No. Mm. Cheap and nasty. A win's a win. I mean, yes, everyone wants to win. Yeah, they so do. But not at that cost. I don't know. Yep. Cummings had an opportunity to not appear or to appeal it and to take it back and he didn't. Yep. Whether Stokes would or wouldn't have done, he said he wouldn't have pursued it. But no,
1: Cummings will be remembered for that. He's supposed to be a nice guy, but he will be remembered for that. Which is, you know, who's the English poet that said it's not when the final scorecard is reckoned and when your moment has come. It's not whether you won so many times or lost so many times. It is how you played the game. And that, I'm afraid, is epitaph. So... I agree with Webby, but it's an Ashes
3: series, it's spicy, he was out, in the spirit of the game, you know,
1: they should have revoked the challenge, but you know, it's the Ashes. Well, the captain's not going to revoke the challenge that he made, he's the guy who had his... No, but he could have done. That was his plan, he said it's his plan, so mm. he planned to be a shit.
3: Okay, yeah, you know,
1: convicts are us.
2: It did provoke, I mean, Stokes, what an immense innings! So though. 155. That innings would not have happened had it not been for that event. No, I disagree. I disagree. I definitely disagree. He was,
1: he was up for it and Bairstow was up for it and they knew yeah. that. Those are the two they had to get out. They got one out cheaply. All it
3: did was bring Stokes' plan forward. You could tell that he was waiting to do that, but instead he knew when Bairstow went, he had to go for it mm. because he couldn't hang around. Whereas if Bairstow was still there, they would have serenely batted a lot and then they would have gone hell for leather. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: well, to me, it's sad. So that's the first thing. The second thing, right, there's a number of subjects we're going to go on to this morning because there's a lot happening in this market. This is sounding like the most organised podcast we've
2: ever done. Yeah, you are really on it. Well, I've just been on the radio, haven't I? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. In your double I'm denim. So professional. Yeah, you they, did sound good. Yeah. People do always say you've got a face
1: for radio. I have. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very interesting. And i got to say, you know, if anyone wants to hear it, you can listen back on Radio Norfolk. But please don't listen to the conversation just before us because it's the most inane. Oh, my God, yeah.
3: Uh, but the funny thing <laughs> was when he kept referring to you as a farmer. Who's put down his tractor and picked up his podcast or whatever?
1: Yeah, no, I thought I'd de- bearing in mind I didn't know what he's going to say, I thought I dealt with that rather brilliantly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite liked it though, it was good. I think, so. listen, I would do one of those things some- where someone's really hyper who's like Tigger on speed and a nice guy, lovely guy, but he's like, just in case I was really dopey or something to liven me up. But- So after the first minute where he called me a farmer, and I was so pleased, obviously, I kind of answered slowly in my Norfolk way, and he visibly started to relax, and once I got him down there, we had a proper conversation, and I think it went by the way. What I thought was quite weird,
2: obviously not being there and sit, but it came across as he was nervous interviewing another.
1: He referred to as a broadcaster, which is quite funny.
2: In its oh, own rights. Clearly. I mean, technically, <laughs> this is a broadcasting. But no,
1: we're all naturals now. We're all relaxed in front of a microphone, aren't we? It's like, it isn't as hard as you think it is, is it? Well, I suppose after five years of doing it. I mean, you did talk about the first ones you ever did, and they were wooden. pretty wooden. And yeah. Well, and some of the other ones in the trade where they read them out are wooden because you're only allowed to say a certain script. You're screwed, aren't you?
3: And the fact that Webby and I were referred to as the support team. I thought
1: that was quite a good one. Yeah, well, that's I've got my fallback support team. Co stars. anyway subject to (laughs) okay right first thing my own personal observation about weather forecast jet stream no one else has talked about it Mm. the country file which i don't normally watch had its seven day weather forecast and the jet streams moved from shetland to the middle of the country and so we're getting sweeping weather patterns coming across and giving us rain and sun and rain and Mm. sun and if it gets stuck in that position for the month of july and early august We are screwed on quality. And that's my biggest fear, the dynamic of that weather forecast. It hasn't really... Everyone's saying, oh, we're going to get heat waves, we're going to get a big dry period. No, that's disappeared for at least two weeks, and we've got wet, dry, wet, dry, and we've got a very, very delicate little malting barley crop coming to fitness. Not this week, probably next week. Beyond then, we're in trouble if it carries on.
3: Yeah, it looks like it's certainly next week. The shower's coming through just every day. But as you just said a minute ago, though, if we haven't got the heat...
1: We're just going wet, dry. That's twenty-seven degrees on Sunday. Okay, all right. Okay, and it's mid-twenties all next week, and then wet, and yeah. and it might not yeah. rain. There's a forty percent chance. It, you yeah. know, some people get it, some people won't. But if you've been around enough years, if it rains on St. Swithens, it rains for forty days afterwards. Another old person saying, but quite often, if the weather gets set this time of year with the jet stream where it is, that is yeah. nothing but trouble. And just for those who can't work out what we're talking about, not only does it screw up malting barley, it screws up Hagberg's on wheats. So, yeah. million wheat premiums are beginning to show signs of falling to pieces. So, the qualities falling to From pieces. From a seller's perspective, I don't see how anyone could sell anything with a quality at the moment. No. It's too much risk. So, there's the biggest message to any yeah. farmer out there beware the man giving you the, promising you the earth on premiums because. The potential premium for milling wheat. The first samples. You know, there's rain in Canada as well, is it not?
3: No, no, it's dry.
1: Ah, drought, where's the rain? There's more rain in China, Yeah, and France has had rain, and Germany's had rain. So there's issues and fears about the, the quality. So germinations on malting barley, Pugs, eggs, on, yeah, and then mycotoxins, and extra feed wheat in the mix. Now, so
3: before if, everyone just get, you know, we're sounding a little bit doom-mongery here. We're not there no, yet. So
1: there's a lot of podcasts to go, but let's be very clear. Yeah. If all of the milling wheat fails, that's a big statement, which it won't, all right. But if a lump of it does, that's yeah. extra feed wheat. Yeah, it means the yield is down because the kilo weights drop so the volume will be there but not the store will only have 800 tons not a thousand mm. all of these things are very very linked to having good quick harvesting weather and not having those problems and i'm nervous about the forecast and it's not i don't think in the market yet it's, it's worrying about something that hasn't happened i appreciate but i am we're nervous. close though yeah too close to harvest yeah we will see some stuff. I mean, the prediction of coming in here, which was always the 15th of July for me, might be saved by the fact that it rains next week. Because I think if it didn't rain Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week... We'd have a month, lot more. Then there'd be people cutting early part of next week with stuff they want to move into store. Mm-hmm. So that's the first subject, Jetstream, which, you know, you heard it here first, boys and girls. Malting premium, which is kind of linked to that. I just want to say that the early indications of the winter barley crop is that it's a reasonably big grain, large, long grain, but not full. They're pinched, aren't they, from what we've heard, yeah. Retention is going to be a problem, and again, is it due to not enough sunlight? There was that dull period for two or three weeks when everyone else was getting sunshine. Is it the drought? Something tells me that the winter barley is not going to have as high an acceptance rate as we've had the last couple no. of years. I mean, even
2: with our land types, we are spoiled a bit in Norfolk with brilliant multi-barley land types but i've had a few comments of people crop walking saying oh i'm not so confident at the moment which is worrying i mean there's been some news there's some some uh, southern counties or parts eastern region where there have been poor 65 70 retained barleys which that's not usable
1: is it well the early people who deliver are going to be the one that take it square between the eyes and then the molster will realize that maybe they need to drop the retention level which they've done in the past well we
2: did have a molster in this morning actually just dropped in with something so i did get him on the subject and said what are you thinking and he said look we can probably average 80 well you know yeah
3: yeah (laughs) that's an average yeah
1: Yeah, Yeah, okay sub 80s out yeah well, you know, that's going to be the problem. In the past, we've taken in stuff lower when they were saying, we get as many tonnes of that as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Only for the malt to turn around and say, no, I'm not using that. It's like, right, thanks for that. So this time the line's got to be drawn where the malt says the line is drawn. If you lose a whole load of it to feed, which is going to lead on to, feed barley hasn't got any friends for harvest movement, has it? No, it's absolutely, you yeah. Know, it's collapsed. There's £15 discount to September values. That's a lot. If you haven't got a store, Mm, you're moving it in July and it's 15 quid more just to hold it six or eight weeks, that's well worth owning a store, isn't it? Mm. So I can see a problem there. I can see people getting very, very cross with the feed barley price, or I could see them getting very, very cross with the malts, with being kicked into touch in terms of malting premium. Yeah. And the other thing, the other added mix, which we as a business, is, any of you who trades with us know, if we have a high price contract and you fail against it, we will buy in the replacement at market value and give you the difference in premium. Lots of other firms don't do that. Mm. And so it's in their interest to say, "Ah, oh, sorry, you failed. Out you go." And they've got hundred quid in their <coughs> pocket. A molster or a merchant, lots of them do that.
3: That's the one to watch. Yeah, high price sales on a spec on molting. You've got to be very careful yeah. with that.
1: Kaching, sorry, mate. No, one else will take that's molting. I'll just have to uh, default you. Goodbye. And oh, please, no. I'll buy a new BMW. Anyway, I <laughs> don't know who drives one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Number the people. Dry and hot June had an issue with grain fill, and we've mentioned all of that. What is the perfect weather from now on? It's no longer rain, is it? It's sunshine. Now. Yeah, we just need sunshine. And not baking heat sunshine. That would be the perfect thing. Just mm. good, steady, warm days, but not 35 degrees. Yeah. Which I don't think any of those are on the forecast now. Someone was saying, you know, the, the Daily Express was 40 degree heat coming your way, everyone's going to die. That's not going to happen as far as I can see. Okay. Unless but the showers are going to happen.
3: They are. Well, we can see yeah.
1: them. yeah. You said to me yesterday that it showers every day next week, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, so that's what's that going to do? Is it going to give it proper grain fill?
2: I'd argue that it's still a bit early on wheat, so I think it might be helpful for wheat,
1: possibly. Well, that's right. So, yield. Winter barley, is the yield going to be average or below? i think it'll be alright i think average. i just
2: think quality will be a problem yeah, but so i the think ki- yield ki- will be
1: good weight will be lower so yeah. the actual yield okay. will be chuck kilowate in then average, average. right yeah. so spring barley will it be in your opinion that's a good oh. one because you've got february drilled and you've mm. got april drilled i think on the whole from what we see they could be good yielding crops spring barleys. I think the grain fill will come yeah. because of that rain that happened last week. That will help some of them. But there were patches in some fields of the early... Look,
2: we did hear Josh having a conversation with someone in the seed industry who's been crop inspecting, and his comments is, some of the late drill stuff looks bloody awful. But we, as Norfolk, talk about a parochial patch. Most
1: files are drilled in Feb. On the whole, I think it looks brilliant. I think you're right. As I say, some of those patches might have gone just too far to get.
2: The droughted light lands, maybe. St- maybe
1: they've stepped didn't back till or lost yeah. some tillers yeah. or lost yeah. some heads. The yield of it, it won't be a bumper yield. I don't think it should be okay, but it's sat there cold for a long period. I think the point we're, I'm getting to in this conversation is malting barley is going to be. Tight. It always was tight. There's less acreage in the ground, and there's a big demand for it. Yep. But I wouldn't rush into selling it. I don't. I no. wouldn't get out there and go oh, I've got to get it gone. Yes, there's pressure on the feed grains market, which might give mm. the sentiment a downward movement. But I think if you've got decent quality malting barley, especially bearing in mind some of the issues around Europe and the drought that went on, and Scotland and the late mm. planting, etc., I think there's a potential for some real life in that market yet.
2: But also anecdotally, and I'm not having those conversations, as you know, I think I'm right in thinking that the fob market on malting barley has completely disappeared in terms of offers. There are very few sellers of fob now, aren't there?
1: Yeah. There's bids. I mean, they've dropped back about €10 because it rained. Mm. But as I say, you're asking a lot of a crop, especially if the forecast isn't a straightforward harvesting forecast. Plus, we'll have the early drill stuff harvested in late July and the stuff that was planted a lot later harvested in the third week of August. That's going to be... There could be a completely different quality crop. Yeah. I mean, certainly it lends itself to more rejections or less of that making the grade. The last couple of years, we've had a very high percentage rate of acceptance Mm. and the Scottish crop went in late. They will have a later harvest period. That should lead to less of their crop going into the mix. But then it comes back to what we just discussed, the
2: bloodbath coming is the default market, because the premium inevitably then will go out a lot, mm-hmm.
1: and the feed barley market is just going to be on its arse, mm. isn't it? Feed barley is, well, the feed barley and feed wheat, if the hagbergs go, there's going to be a problem. Which comes on to the yield question I was asking about barley, so I come on to wheat. I don't think the wheat yield is going to be exceptional. I've been really hopeful of that, but I think mm. this period is going to take some edges off the kilo weight. I think ultraviolet light hasn't been there in sufficient quantity, and I think if it does get rain coming through periodically, it will just eat away at that kilo weight.
2: But the area is massive, mm-hmm. and I've never... Sorry, doing my annual trip up to Scotland and that great route through the um, a17 and all the way up the m1 and then going to the borders but it was wall-to-wall wheat all the way up i have never seen it like that and even in the borders of scotland it's normally spot the wheat field but this year it felt like spot the barley field it was like it was very there certainly weren't the spring barleys around from weissall no Um, okay so I i just think the area is enormous it was such a good opportunity or drilling opportunity back in september october last year and yeah.
1: the price was high. Okay. And then there's the old crop carryover, which is still in people's stores because cool. lots of people still haven't sold that last bit. Several of the people who have got stuff in store are buying it back mm-hmm. because they can see it's a discount to new crop enough for them to do it and make money out of it. And bluntly, there is no old crop market. So people don't have no, a choice. Okay. There is yeah. not a bid inside. 160x if you're lucky, sort of job. Yeah. yeah. This conversation is about giving people what might hit them smack between the eyes. Harvest capacity, right? We've got some stores to fill. subject to them getting emptied by the people who still got stuff Mm. in there. But Mm. within a spit, we should be emptying a number of our stores, which means export, we're not competitive at the moment. We're way out. Eight quid. Eight quid, yeah. Yeah, whatever, five, eight, ten, we're out. So we're not going to have an abundance of boats piling out. I did some queries about what we could sell it at. It's nowhere near what equates to a goods price relative to the November X farm price. And there isn't that many people who are dumb enough to have stores, is there? No. The consumers haven't bought that much. But, though, Andrew, you'd say
2: with the basis and everything happening, why aren't people registering stores? Lack of imagination. I mean, we just said, so I'd argue that the NOV, <laughs> if you're saying the export market is seven to eight quid, you know, uncompetitive, NOV futures should go down to that place. Mm. And also, the, the other thing that is a bit baffling is, why are we a nine quid discount under the French milling contract? Especially if we write about That's this premium thing, yeah. yeah, That will go out. I mean, traditionally, we're 18 to 20 quid. So why are we at nine? Yeah. hot tip
1: for the grain trade. Trade the spread. Yeah, which means to the real dim grain trade, sell UK, buy French futures, tie all your money up and yeah. make, I don't know, four or five euros out of it. Or ten. Yeah, I'll take four or five as a banker. But, you know, so you've got the consumers not having bought as much as they normally buy forward, which is fine, but you've equally got less farmer forward selling as well. That is a trade-wide accepted fact. So which one wins that pressure in the middle of harvest?
3: Well, it'll be whoever has to sell wheat to get it moved and the value that it has to move at on that day.
1: Should we get all the miserable bit out of the way first, just so we really get to the bottom and then come up with it and make people feel better? (coughs) Okay. What if it's a wet harvest? you've got even more people then going because who can take it and the difference between going into a store and the store charges for drying Uh, real-time charges versus a consumer who will give you a claim which is probably half or quarter of what it costs to dry it Mm -hmm. or where normally there was a boat where you can blend some on those things aren't there the boats aren't there or not in enough abundance And the people who've got the boats know that. They know that they're competitive on that price. It could be a wet harvest, could be an absolute car crash, couldn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, if that happens, it it will be a car crash. And as you say, the costs of drying will be astronomical, because they have to be, because of
1: everything involved in the mix. That's the lowest of the lowest. Let's try and find some positives now. If farmers haven't sold it, if they are able to hold off the market... That is in their benefit to get away from the harvest discount price. Definitely, yeah. And if they have some quality. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, locally, I don't know whether we will have good and everyone else will have bad or the other way around, but you've got to work (laughs) hard at that.
3: Yeah, and obviously, you know, be aware if you've got a quality group one or group two. Yeah, keep it separate. But also, you know, don't forget Miller's Will Adapt You know, the Millers, I think, will probably adapt more than the Molster in that they'll say, "Okay, there's not enough of that. Let's go to that next Group 2. Let's go to that. Mm -hmm. So varieties that in the past people probably went, well, no, no premium for that. If it comes true what we're looking at in terms of the weather and you do have a Group 2 and it's got a bit of Hagberg about it, there could be a premium and a good one.
1: Yeah and coming back to another point i forgot to make actually on if stuff is slightly damp and the consumers end up with lots of stuff being delivered to them always wet they had a problem with that a couple but, of years yeah, ago yeah they
2: changed tact. i well, mean they, they would couldn't take 16 take, they couldn't they pulled up the drawbridge and said nope, oh, but no 15 there's no
1: obligation to take it is there
2: they can only take a certain extent like a certain amount if they can blend it away but mm. if every ton turns up at 16% so no
1: yeah so don't blame your merchant everybody it's ultimately Whoever cuts the product they're selling above the moisture level they're selling it on are the people to blame. But as you say, I mean, we've run
2: various different stores and everyone's invested in dryers and those dryers Everyone. have barely... You know, <laughs> Have not sweated the asset over the last few years, have they? It's no. just—I'd uh, yeah. I'd
1: prefer it if they didn't this year. I really want it to be a dry oh, I know. harvest. Yeah, I know. life would be so much easier, oh, and know. harvest would finish so much sooner, and we would not get yeah. one ounce of the grief that we're likely to get if there's yeah. drying charges. But the people who deserve that money—the people who spent the money on a dryer—and yeah. yeah. we, as doing grain, haven't. Our stores have stores have yeah yeah so you know I hope yeah. they make money but I don't want it at the expense of poor little farmers who grow it. It goes in a circle of misery. That one here's another one. Sorry, I don't
2: know if this is on your list because um, we weren't privy to it before this. But farmers selling early or selling the carry. I know you've talked about it in the past, but you know, as okay, the carry harvest to nov is twenty quid. I mean, that is enough if you've got an overdraft and you have to facilitate that good carry. But what about the kind of nov may? I think personally.
1: People will be selling the earlier months. They'll be more selling this autumn than usual yeah. because every pound in the bank is worth £1 per tonne yeah. and it's gone and the shed is empty yeah. and the rats have gone somewhere else and the blower isn't turned on and there are no bugs going in there and it's just like... People want the cash. Yeah, yeah, the cash. It's just, yeah, yeah. And empty shed who cares it's like put your sprayer in there and tell the accs men you didn't or the red tractor man you didn't do that it wasn't me but yeah basically it's common sense it's only if you think the market's going to rally and if you trade with someone who is capable of coming up with brilliant ideas you can even sell grain in the autumn and it all goes and you get the money and you can still have a pitch in the market by owning options or having some sort of trading position with someone like doing grain can't you if your trader's got the iq capacity which limits the Numbers that can do it as well. I'm in a good mood today. So, well, the people at the top can do it, but some of the stormtroopers at the base level can't, can they? You know, yeah. Lord Vader, you're joking me. But here's a good one. Here's a really good one. What if the market had been open? And this is the vulnerableness oh, of what you saying now. Eh? What if the this market had been open on that day that the Wagner group turned around and started heading towards Moscow? It would have been how many pounds up? Well, I saw
2: someone who quoted 20 quid on a Twitter profile, basically. He said 10 cent,
1: which he could have comfortably done. Did 5% yesterday on US corn on the basis of... It was at the time he, was, he got within 180 kilometres. We'd been mm-hmm. watching probably via satellite, the progression of the tanks.
3: Well, I'm pretty sure
1: the Americans were watching it all on satellite. Yeah, well, so the point being, if it had been on a market day, oh, my, and, yeah. and that's how vulnerable we are as a business, yeah. and farmers are, and consumers are, for getting the market completely wrong in an half hour when everyone realises that the guy's just left the Ukraine, yeah. he's got his tanks to capture a town with the, all of the army's local bases, the centre point for their, for their distribution in the south of Russia, and then start heading towards moscow
3: it's like but again you see i mean the flip side of that it, it just shows how vulnerable and crazy russia is you know it is vulnerable yeah and this isn't going to change which comes onto our you know longer term could the market have a rally yes it bloody could after christmas because something will happen
1: nothing is stable in russia no so when that thing happens I'd like to suggest that that means the price of cereals will go up Mm. a lot. Yeah. Now, would you hang your hat on not selling a single ton on the basis of probability that something's going to happen in Russia? Exactly. And you're confronted with a biggish yield and a a greater feed supply and a bigger corn crop. And the Chinese buying Brazilian as a preference and three dollars cheaper than uh, the u.s blah 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 all of those things yeah
3: that's all known this side of christmas But coming to the new year let's run it boys don't sell a thing yeah (laughs) well coming to the new year we're in a whole different season you know there there will be problems the weather isn't going to settle down there will be problems on that 24 year see
1: 24 has gone below 200 now yeah
3: is that a buy yes i
1: I think think it is but what's the point of tying your money up now we also said that you've just said we're looking from
2: different aspects you know as a trading business but from a farmer less or considerably considerably is the wrong word but a lower cost production let's say 150 quid being able to sell a cereal at 190 quid is good margin is it not a sell for a farmer yeah in terms of uh, you know risk off kind of like you know there's a margin you're not always entitled to a margin you know it's risk off look As a grown-up, yes, of course,
1: yes, you should be selling a lump of it. You've got to take into the back of your mind the potential of things to make the market go up and maybe invest some money. You don't really want to waste brackets on an option or something to protect you against the crazy upside, but... It is going to go down unless something happens. <laughs> I sound like an ADM or Frontier podcast says, it's going to go up and it might go down. Old-fashioned sense, the facts on the table right now, the feed market is going down, the quality market might go down a diddy bit because of the fall in the feed market, but largely I wouldn't sell quality. I would be nervous about feed grains. And then, depending on your storage capacity and your ability to put stuff away in good condition, that is a whole new game. You've got another 12, 13 months, arguably 12 and a half months to trade, you know, till the end of July next year. This year's wheat crop, and you don't even know what it is yet. So, yeah, what the hell? Close your eyes, like we did with the rape, and watch it drop, £150 a (laughs) tonne. Yeah, but you cannot answer the question, neither can anybody else, but you've got to be conscious of all the ingredients of the cake, and that's, I think, what we've just done, isn't it? Think so. Have we done anybody any favours today? Yes, we've told people not to be quite very good content in there. Be careful on your malting and milling wheat. I don't think you're under pressure, so that's okay. my final message.
3: We've run out of subjects,
1: have we? No, you can, go, you can carry on. I, I, no, no, I was, no, no,
3: no, I'm, I'm more than happy. That was. I felt like I've been hit between the eyes on that one. As Webby we said, you were highly organised. You had your mind map
1: out, and ply me. Yeah, I know. Well, since I've been on radio Norfolk, I, I oh know yeah. That. I'm expecting a call back I
3: imagine the listen numbers went through the roof. Yeah, well, it went from two to
1: five.
3: (laughs) 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 But as I say, the conversation previous to us was
1: pretty low. Oh, it was awful.
3: It was. But to be fair, you know, we did turn the ashes off to listen to you. That is really kind of you,
2: actually. Hang on.
3: Take that back. Oh, here we go.
2: That is not what he was saying (laughs) earlier. No. So it was was 11 o'clock, 11.15. I was like... Ben, we'll switch on to Radio Norfolk because we had the future screen with the uh, yeah. cricket on. Yeah, it worked now. Nice. And he was like, Yeah, but it's the ashes. And I said, Ben, it would be a little <coughs> bit embarrassing if Andrew comes in and we don't know what he's said or what he's talked about. Would we be able to blag it? And I said, No. Tess was in, you know, I understand. Just him under a of Yeah, there. no. You know, yeah, thanks, I, I, It's it. been noted. i tell you, there's no. There we
1: go. It's been noticed,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on file. Snitches get stitches. <laughs>
1: But Tess was in. I understand. She, she was,
3: and she was actually impressed. All yeah. right.
1: It just shows that in order for her to listen, she has to turn on the have to be on the radio.
3: But the fact that you wore a blue shirt to accentuate your eyes for the radio slightly worries
1: me. Yeah, and the sort of you know pallid expression I got the rest of the time. I also dropped in her production company. You did. Do you like that? Massive point scoring. Ah, hey. With uh, that, happy and scary thought. Yeah, good luck, England. Yeah, come on, England. Stuff those Aussies. Cheers and I look forward to harvest.
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and when they are released. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio, a full service creative agency specializing in websites, digital marketing, and branding. Get in touch to inquire with their friendly team on info at eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk.